Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for joining in for one of the most exciting sessions that I'm particularly very excited about. Uh, and I've always wanted to figure out what's in uh, on a CXO's mind uh, when it comes to digital transformation and the way they are going to get there, especially for a uh, 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 a player which is into facility management, integrated services. So thank you so much for, for being on the call and coming uh, live with us. Uh, thank you very much. It's my it's my pleasure. I love to spend time speaking to you about everything and anything technology. So delighted to be here. Awesome. So for, for the benefit of everyone who is tuning into this session today, Paul is uh, Chief Digital Officer with Circo Middle East. He's had an amazingly successful and a long stint with Atkins for multiple role. And uh, he's MBA from Hulk Business School. I'm not going to do more of, of a background check on him and I'll probably pass on to Paul to maybe give uh, our listeners uh, a brief on what he has been up to, what excites him and uh, what is he working on right now? <laughs> Thank you very much. It was a great introduction. Um, I've always been involved in technology. I've always liked technology ever since I've done my uh, first apprenticeship with the Ministry of Defence uh, in the UK, which seems like a long time, and it is a long, it is a long, a long time ago. Um, I think the big part of my career was obviously in Atkins, a design engineering firm, where I started to really focus on digital transformation right about the same time as my MBA in 2015-2016 is an engineering firm, use a lot of software and technologies to drive value in the way that we deliver the capability. And then with the big change of, you know, BIM as a methodology, as a way of moving asset information from conceptual through to operations was something that, that excited me. Um, and in doing so started um, a number of, of new business streams for Atkins, uh, specifically wow. in digital asset management and operations, you know, one of my, my, one of my favorite um, subjects. And as a consequence, about just over a year ago now, uh, Phil Malum, uh, our new CEO in, in Circo, decided that um, we needed a new strategy. We needed to try and change market and the client perception of who we were. So we're a lot more than a facility manager, provider in Circo, certainly globally and regionally where we have four and a half thousand people. And with that, I was asked to come in and create a new digital transformation strategy that was um, importantly simple and really reflected the strengths that we currently have. So, you know, we manage people. So it seemed um, natural to try and create a end-to-end technology-enabled platform to manage, monitor our people from a productivity perspective, but to ensure really that we have the right people in the right place at the right time for our partners. The second and core part of our strategy was obviously uh, digital asset management and operations, you know, something uh, that is very, very close to my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, how, how do we look at the application of asset management as a methodology, as a process to mm-hmm. drive more economic value for our clients? Now, we administer incredible facility management operations and maintenance services and again leveraging technology um, such as yourself uh, to try and drive more value for our clients and then the third core pillar sorry i don't mean to go on is obviously Mm. data management you know they say data is a new oil 
incredibly complex data on its own when you start to when you start to look at it. But you know, how do we become a data-driven business? How do we drive new insights? And how do we deliver better decisions in behalf of the way that we operate? And importantly, where the client can use those decisions as well. And then the final part of the strategy, not the final part, but we have sort of two wraparounds. One is a nationalization strategy absolutely key here mm. uh, within the UAE uh, and the kingdom and, and wider afield in, in the Middle East on you know bringing in uh, local nationals into the team to transfer train and transform and hopefully give them uh, an opportunity to get back into government and finally our customer experience proposition where we put the customer at the very heart of the way we drive innovation so my last year has been and how we develop that as a transformation over the next three years in a way that is both progressive uh, and supportive of, of, of the needs and of our partners. Thank you. That's a, a significant introduction, uh, Paul. How's, uh, and by, by whatever I've heard, it seems like it's been an amazing uh, year, uh, right, for you. Uh, so I'll probably pick it up from there, start with my questions. Uh, Satya Nadella, famously kind of remarked that every company is now a software company. How much of it do you think holds true for a conventional sector like facility management, property management? What are your what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, comment. I think the fast, the father of software quality, I forget his name now, I think it was Watts Humphrey. He actually declared yeah. that every business is a software business. And that was a few decades before the uh, every company is a software company. Yeah, I, you know, I think what they're really meaning is that digital transformation is here. Uh, you know, and it's about leveraging technology to drive value in and across your supply chain. Circle or not, a, we're not a software company. We don't plan on being a software company. We're a people company. But what is important mm. is that we leverage the right technology to drive value in the way that we deliver the services. I think software companies should remain software companies and certainly companies like Circo. Um, we're not good at, we don't have the capability to do it, but what we are very good at is partnerships. And where we drive okay. value for our clients is bringing right the right companies, whether it's software, more technology firms, consultancy firms, and as a supply chain, so that you've got the right people working together in partnership to drive value for, for our customers. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that that probably, I mean, whatever brief work I've done with, with Circo, that, and, and I think my interaction with everyone at Circo, obviously that in spirit has reflected. Uh, just wanted to check whether that answer would have been the same uh, pre-COVID. Would the answer have been the same? It's a really good question. Um, I think my answer would have been the same. I think my answer would have been the same. What, what COVID has done has been is a real catalyst for understanding and leveraging technology mm. in new and innovative ways, especially with Circle. You know, we're, we're a people organization and we work along in the front line, some of the major infrastructure projects here in Dubai. Yeah. So we've yeah, had to right. leverage new softwares, new technologies to support COVID 
to support social distancing, uh, cashless payments, contactless entries in and out of our excessive infrastructure and to support the end-to-end -end solution. And it's been really interesting because, you know, we've started looking at the very latest applications of computer vision to see if we can leverage uh, CCTV mm -hmm. cameras to spot us and support us in social distancing. Now, we wouldn't have probably have gone down there so quickly had it not been for COVID. Um, so with some, some, some real changes, both for us and the way we deliver our service. Your answer was pretty clear in terms of your response would have been the same probably pre-COVID and post-COVID besides the acceleration that has happened. Are you seeing the same acceleration from your customers as well? Yeah, again, a really good a good observation in the market. Yes, but for slightly different usage, you know, we've really been using COVID as a catalyst to leverage technology to support COVID and the way we do operational excellence. You see a larger mm. uptake now, certainly with our clients and partners, looking for new softwares and technologies to drive uh, cost reductions, to right. drive productivity, you know, right. energy analysis, energy energy cost reductions out here in the Middle East. You know, you know the cost for energy are, are astronomical for some of the portfolios that we look after. So, um, mm. a big focus we have found is on uh, yeah cost savings technologies that can support cost savings or provide transparency to make better decisions in reducing overall costs and energy reduction. That sounds good. That's a host of things that the customers are looking at. Uh, now, moving on, you know, I, I I have looked at, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm still an outsider to the industry. I've looked at technology stack that the industry has been using for the last few years. And I think if, if something has had a, a bigger impact, it's been CAFM or uh, CMMS, as you would say, that's probably now something that most organized FM players use, right? Uh, yes. What to you is an ideal technology stack uh, for the future, for going forward? Uh, you know, uh, you know, you're not as as you, as I hear from you and probably a, a lot of others where they say that they want to support their customers through and through. So, are we going to see an expansion of the default technology stack that FM companies bring along? What what's your take on that? Yeah, again, re really good question. I mean, in Circle, just so you know, globally we use about fifteen different uh, CAFM or enterprise asset management solutions. Um, I think in the future, certainly from a circle perspective, we need we need consolidation. I think why it's a difficult question to answer is because there's so many factors that are involved um, mm. in trying to define, you know, the optimum technology stack, depending on whether it's complex or non-complex infrastructure. So something like a railway is obviously far more complex than a you know a residential facility, whether right. it's a brownfield or a greenfield site depends on when we come on to the operations or competitors come on to the operations. Um, whether it's a provided solution we can enable or for a lot mm -hmm. of our contracts, its technologies are already provided and all of those provide your constraints and limitations in what you can do. Mm. From an idealistic perspective, where I believe we need to be with, with this sort of um, the architecture, if you like, of the optimal mm -hmm. technology stack is that for me, it needs to be an enterprise level solution. Okay. You know, in a way that really understands, configures and can manage asset information. It mm -hmm. has to have an end to end uh, mobile capability mm -hmm. to 
minimise errors and get consistency in the way that you capture and condition uh, particular assets. Um, the technology stack has to enable lifecycle modelling. There's a mm. lot of CAFLM solutions out there that just don't natively do lifecycle modelling or management. Uh, and I think it's a real constraint um, on where clients want to be in the future. You have to have enablement either natively or a plug-in for third-party applications for asset performance management. So that's where you're really talking about your real-time sensing, coming back to the energy analysis or IoT solutions for spatial management, you know, optimization of space, maximization of the commercialization strategy for our ultimate clients. And I also think it has to have the options of both cloud and importantly within the Middle East, certainly at this moment in time, an on-premise solution. So I think for me, um, that is the sort of bones, if you like, or architecture of, a, of an end-to-end technology-enabled uh, solution. And obviously any sort of integration onto Microsoft or, or Amazon Web Services to use their their tech and tools um, mm-hmm. will be will be favourable in the future, especially when you start to look at it really from a data management perspective. That makes sense. So, so what I'm hearing from you, and, and that's an interesting point you mentioned, so what I'm hearing from you is probably the stack is not going to be a, a default one. It depends on what kind of project you are getting into and stuff. I mean, you might look at standardization for certain kind of projects like commercial real estate or residential. Obviously, you manage transportation and, and a quite a lot of complicated infrastructure. So there you need a different sort of stack uh, going in. But mm-hmm. is Definitely, definitely. But that's but that's the architecture, right? So if you, right. you know, if you've got something like roads and highways or sort of linear infrastructure like that, you right. you know you maybe go out without saying who they are, but like a Dayton's or a, a DTMS pavement management solution that would integrate with your enterprise level solution that has your asset information and manages your uh, world bank planning. So they become bolt-ons. But is the core enablement is that technology stack would would meet those requirements that that I identified before. Because so I think I think those are key for all, for all clients moving forward. So so basically, you become the platform, and everyone else can sort of come and integrate and and, and solve for different use cases. Is that what you're alluding to? Correct. And and how far are we from from that? Not just from Circo perspective, but from the industry perspective. Any thoughts? I, th- I think so. I think some of the core enterprise asset management solutions that are out there at this moment in time. Um, I think are incredibly powerful. Mm. Um, lots of APIs. They can integrate with almost anything. They integrate right. well into the ERP for procurement and inventory, inventory management. Uh, and I think they're getting up to a place where they're, they're graphically and a lot easier to use, more intuitive to use than they than they once were. So, I think we're getting close. That's awesome. And I mean, I think you answered part of it. Uh, you know, but but again. Uh, uh, is it important? I've always tried to figure out and say, you know, everyone talks about that FM becoming a sort of a, a low margin business where cost is a huge compet- competition. You get, you know, you, you might be doing great work and you might get uh, uh, not get an opportunity to be in that particular facility again because someone might cut you on, 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 the, on the cost, right? 
is mm-hmm. the technology stack going to be that differentiator that could probably have you uh, have and when i say you as in as in the facility management or in, you know integrated facility services company is the stack going to be that differentiator that could probably give an edge and and put an end to that just cost part because you'll be much more in control uh, are you are you looking at uh, the the technology stack from a differentiation perspective or it's it's it's, it's not a differentiator you you would rather want to use that as a commodity let someone supply you it as at lowest possible cost in that sense so where is the the trade off yeah i i think it is a differentiator uh, and if it's not a differentiator already then it, then it soon will be i think if you look at facility management what's facility management is about people it's about assets it's about space if you look at asset management asset management doesn't really focus on the asset per se but it focuses upon the economic value that can be driven from 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 that asset mm-hmm. so that's you know when i give you that sort of architecture of what i think an ideal differentiated differentiated strategy would be then you know our clients don't just want facility management services they don't just want integrated facility management or any other deviation of that you know they want their ISO 55000 accreditation they want to understand how you use data to drive extended economic life they want solutions that come with obsolescence and decommissioning management they mm-hmm. want um uh, 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 lower asset replacement values and they want better certainty in what their capex and opex spend should be both for the next one years but over the next five ten five to ten years and based on the assets themselves is where i think our clients are asking for so you need technology to enable and justify the decisions you're making so that you can work more as a partnership as opposed to i think maybe certainly not now but the last five or ten years have been very much a master-slave relationship well it's a lot easier to go into partnership um, with one of your clients if you're using data that's clear and consistent that drives the potential decisions you are making and i think what we've seen here certainly in the last middle east where liquidity is sort of if it hasn't completely dried up it's certainly reduced uh, obviously next to no footfall coming into the country which drives um a value in the economy and allows allows things to progress so at these times again coming back to what uh, mm. i alluded to i think earlier on our clients are saying this is the maximum cash i have where should i spend it um relative to the operations in the business so you need a technology stack that provides that differentiation that use data to drive what those decisions should be it's so welcoming to hear what you just said i think uh, probably uh, it's it's starting to mark that uh, start of an era where you are a much more strategic partner uh, to the customer and and you find avenues of 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 in- sort of expanding on that relationship versus just uh, doing the sla uh, part of it and saying this is what i was supposed to do and and this is what 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 we are we are doing uh, now that we have a, a a fair bit of of idea of what's going in your head what's the strategy that you think uh, might just work how do you get there uh are are you are you looking at, I mean, you've clearly probably said that you don't want to be a software company you perhaps don't want to be building too much what is in your head as a cdo uh, build buy both uh acquire where, where <laughs> what 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 strategy goes in there both in the short term and in the long term 
Yes, it's it's a really good question. I probably like like um, you know a CDO by by definition. I remember when they started digital transformation, you just ultimately had to see where you wanted it to be in the future. But how you meandered there was 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 essentially what we were being what we were being taught. Do you build or buy uh, for Circo? I would say it's the third option in partnering. I, I think it's partnership. Can we build? Build is incredibly difficult when you're not a software company. Um, it's incredibly build, uh, difficult to build your own software applications. Um, you know the amount of investment you need in, in your skill set is a completely different part of the business that you need to manage and administer. So, from a circle perspective, certainly from my um, mm. uh, my my perspective, it's either through acquisition, which is obviously a strategic part of how you achieve growth, certainly in, in these times. So, looking for the right acquisition in the right space that gives us more than just the technology, you know. So, if we looked at a big, if we looked at an acquisition in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, it would also have to enable the fact that it was in the kingdom and had connections into government, so that we could obviously expand our service uh, portfolio. It would have to meet our nationalisation drive, so there'd be, have to be a high level of Saudi nationals working within there. You know, it'd have to meet a lot of other triggers Alignment, within our end yeah. strategy. Um, and and therefore, unless uh, something comes up that meets all of those requirements, then then what I'll be looking to do at this moment in time is is partner. I think partnerships are a great way of moving forward. I think that there's various terms for it. You can get strategic alliances. You can have go-to market approaches. You can share pipeline. Um, and so for me, certainly in the short to medium term, uh, partnerships, the right partnerships that drive the right outcomes, that have the right behaviours, as Circle can provide the right level of service. So we're both proud on what we deliver and the services we entail. Um, will be how we progress uh, in the short to medium term. Long term, it would need a massive um, change. Uh, it'd be more than a pivot. It'd be a massive change at a group level on on where we want to want to be and how we want to be perceived in, in region. So uh, partnerships for me is, is the right way for us, certainly, um, moving forward. Now, I, you know, this is probably very different to what we are seeing uh, you know, at least in the region, when you, when you look at some of your peer group, uh, uh, without naming, of course, uh, mm -hmm. they've, 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 they've probably uh, looked at building, uh, you know, and, and, and I mean, I for one do believe that you could build, but you could, you could probably come to a certain level and then it starts to demand much more from you. And that's where you start to figure out whether you want to keep pumping in resources, investments, so on and so forth. So, but, but, but interesting to take that pick uh you know a couple of follow-up questions which which obviously as a startup entrepreneur that that i think of when i when i talk to someone like you is if any startup wishes to work with you what are you looking at so now that you've made your your kind of call very clear that it's it's you know it's it's buy and partner uh you know in the short term so if any startup working across the length and breadth of digital transformation in property technology real estate or citizen services uh largely is looking to work with 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 circle what are the key two three things that they should have uh, to be in strategic alignment or or uh, with with circle in this mm. case yeah it's a good it's a good question i mean 
I think first and foremost, someone that's open and honest, like a small company, a small entrepreneur, so small mm. someone that's open and honest about who they are, mm. about what the roadmap looks like, how realistically they can achieve that roadmap. You know, mm. for circle mm. or, or contracts can go anything from say two to three years, but generally out from five to ten years. So it's a commitment. Really long term. Um, yeah. yeah, really long term. Um, I think that's key to number one. As I said, you, you've heard our core strategy is digital asset management space. So there mm. must be core uh, enablements of digital asset management or workforce management or data management. So it has to fit naturally, natively in there. Um, one of the things Circle does incredibly well, I think, um, with our people of which we are proud of and our clients of which we are proud to work with, is that we, we, we don't overpromise. Um, I'd much rather under-promise and over-deliver than over-promise and, and under-deliver. So, you know, every startup has an opportunity to, to give me a call or contact me. We will work with any startup. I will give them my thoughts, certainly from a CDO perspective, and what I'm looking for. And we will try small little proof of concepts. And when the right time um, is there to enable that. As I said before, I'm looking for consolidation and then I'm looking for standardization as part of my strategy. So if I bring a startup on, I'm not looking for a startup that I can bring into one contract. I'm looking for something that can change the entirety in the way that we are perceived across the Middle East. So That is super awesome and very clear from Paul. So I'm, I'm sure once a lot of startups hear this, They'll be they'll be looking for you on LinkedIn. Perhaps that's the easiest. <laughs> and then all yes. I can say that based on my interaction with Paul is that he's an absolutely amazing guy uh, to to speak to. Much. And as you would you would find out in this. So what's your what's your closing note, uh, Paul? What do you think? Uh, you know, uh, are some of your forecasts? What do you think is is going to be dramatically changing or not changing in the next two three years in the uh, in the technology adoption, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big, that's that's a big thing. I'll try and cover that there, but please give me a little prompt if I don't answer anything specifically. I think my closing note for for those that are, that are new to the digital transformation strategy, I'll go through it. Is keep it simple. You know, mm. and make sure you align transformation because transformation is so open-ended. You can literally look at so much and achieve very little. You can invest a lot of money and have no material effect on your bottom line. So mm. I think it keep it keep it simple. I think the big changes. I'm still an avid believer that there is a lot further to do with data science, uh, machine learning, uh, predictive modeling, predictive maintenance in this space. But I still, I still think we're quite far away from it. But you have to collect and consume a lot of clean data now to drive those outcomes of what it's really going to look like in, in two or three years' time. So that's where I, I see the big, big, the big um, changes coming. Uh, you know, companies becoming maybe not software companies, but really data-driven uh, decisions uh, on the way that they deliver their services and 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 in and on behalf of, of their customers. Um, I think the, the material effect that's happening now, we've spent a lot of time talking about this sort of the quantitative 
elements of um, a technology and rightly so that's what you have a passion for that's that's what I have a passion for mm. but I, th I think the big change is certainly here in the Middle East is um, about customer centric uh, customer provision the happy city in the world you know all the customer indexes everyone's been chased of I think there's a real behavioral science I think that's one of the latest signs to come out it's more qualitative based um as i said we're looking at it as a, an experience lab proposition on bringing that quantitative and qualitative right. together to drive new insects that's something that i think is happening in immediate now and i think that will get more traction now on listening to the end consumers because by getting their insights you can look at ways in which you improve your service but also in the way that ultimately your client delivers their services to to citizens um, in and around their their service line so i think that's immediate effect and as i said medium to long i'm really excited about machine learning um, mm. um and data science applications you know i'm not one for using ai I don't like using the terminology AI. I'd much rather be specific on the use cases. But I think in this space, I think we're going to see real change. And I think two or three years, I, I know you are focused on that uh, specifically. I think you have a very core focus, a very strategic focus on what you want to do. And, and you could be one of the first in two or three years to have really strong algorithms or that infer positions of strong probability of failure and when you get to that when you get to that level of certainty then everything starts to become as a service just in time and i think what you'll start to see is uh, providers such as circle start to have be forced to take on more portfolio um uh, target operating models and where we deliver the deliver our services um so really Exciting to see what you do, my friend, which is why we will keep in contact and uh, I will watch your transition and your progress um, constantly no, no, and with enjoyment and with enjoyment. No, I mean, that, that's, that's likewise. So thanks. Thanks for joining in, uh, Paul. I, I think I am. I'm, I'm inspired and I'm sure everyone else who listens to this conversation, whether it's your peer group or maybe my peer group, they'll, they'll be equally inspired. So thanks again, Paul. Uh, really, really appreciate you taking time out uh, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up again. Thanks once again. Thank you very much for the opportunity and I look forward to speaking to you 